podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dream Team Professor Podcast, where we give you weekly updates on the Sun Dream Team fantasy football game. It's Friday morning and game week 11 has just ended, so we're going to go over some of the midweek fixtures that have taken place in the Champions League, Europa League and Europa League Conference, just checking out who the best point scorers were, if there are any talk- talking points from the games and if there might be any players to target going forward. Um, then I'm going to just give you some quick team updates, let you know how my best sides are getting on. And then we're going to go to Game Week 12, just do a quick preview of the uh, Game Week 12 fixtures and who the best players might be to target if you've got any transfers left. So let's get going. Before we do get started, um, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to get kept up to date with more Sun Dream Team content, please do hit that subscribe button and you should get kept more up to date with the videos that I'm putting out. We're going to start in the Champions League with um, Chelsea's 2-1 win at Salzburg. So Kai Havertz got the star man in this game, um, Pulisic got an assist and Kovacic got the other goal. Um, in this one it was uh, five at the back again for Chelsea, um, a bit annoying, it was Sterling and Pulisic's wing backs again. Um, so if you have got Sterling in your team it really isn't working out very well for him in this sort of new wing back role. Um, it isn't a conventional wing back, they're not being asked to do much defending, but it definitely isn't benefiting Sterling um, in terms of his uh, attacking returns and dream team points. Um, I, I just put a note down actually that he's, Sterling's got no points from his last six games um, and only 13 points since Potter come in. So it definitely isn't working out. It might be working out from a team point of view and how Chelsea's doing, because I think Potter's undefeated since he's come in. Um, and actually, I think he's going to carry on doing it because I was looking at some of the post-match interviews and Potter said that he was really pleased with how Sterling and Pulisic done in their new different roles. I think the interviewer asked him about the wing-back roles and he said he was pleased with how they performed and that it forced um, the Salzburg defenders back and it gave more chances for Havertz and Gallagher. And then obviously Havertz went to score and got the star man. So yeah, if, uh, if Potter was pleased with how it went, tactically for the whole team I don't see any reason why he's going to change it and it's probably going to keep happening um, so good for the team but not good for Sterling in terms of dream team points and I'm not sure if he's going to actually be happy with um, the lack of goals and assists he's getting but we'll see but yeah I'm not I'm not feeling too confident about it um, going into the World Cup he was he's been one of our best players um, for England recently and yeah when he's not scoring and things like that it's, we've got a lot of players that aren't really doing the business in the Premier League that are going to be going to the World Cup so a bit concerning for me there but back into the game um, put down that Aubameyang had four really good chances to score and he was getting in good positions like throughout the game so yeah it could be one could be one to keep an eye on but again this from those attacking players at Chelsea there's not anyone that's particularly standing out in the minute and performing consistently each week but that's one thing I noted. I think it was either four shots on target or four really good chances to score. Their keeper had a really good game in this one. Um, in terms of um, ratings, you had Kepa got a rating in this game. Um, you had Thiago Silva, who'd done a good clearance off the line, actually. So that was well-deserved. He's a really good defender. And Chalaber as well. He got a seven. And I've been really impressed with Chalaber. Like, every time I watch him, he's been really good. Um, I'm surprised that he wasn't playing more under Tuchel, to be honest. So he's looking like a really good option. Uh, I've got Cucurella, and he he did play the majority of this game. So compared to the last two, we were concerned because he kept going off at half-time. Or um, I think it was even the 30-something minute in, the, in one of the other games. He got 6.8 in this game and they didn't get the clean sheet, so a bit disappointing for him. 
Um, and he's not been as impressive as I expected him to be as a dream team asset in total. Um, he's sort of playing as that left centre-back all of the time now, so he's not really chipping in too much. I think he's got two assists in total since he came in. But overall, I think he's been a, maybe a little bit disappointing, and I'm only keeping him in because he's, he's cheaper price point. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've got down in this game. Um, Conor Gallagher, in, he had a really good game in this one. Um, I wouldn't tip him as a, a dream team asset just because there's so much rotation going on at Chelsea. Um, I don't really think that he's going to be a viable option. But after what Potter said in the interview, um, that really did sort of reflect what I saw when I watched it. He he was involved in quite a lot of the big chances. So yeah, one to keep an eye on. He got two points for the rating in this game, but personally isn't someone that I'd look to bring in. So um, in other news though, um, Kovacic scored and I think he kept his clothes on after the game. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw him marching around in his pants after the game in the uh, Man United one, but managed to keep his clothes on after this game. So yeah, that was a bit big bit of news. Then we go on to the Man City-Dortmund game. This was a bit of a dead rubber, to be honest. Um, so 0-0 in this game. Um, and it was pretty uneventful, to be honest. I only caught the highlights of it, so maybe it didn't quite do it justice, but it, it looked like a game where um, both teams were just happy to qualify. So they've both gone through. Um, one thing I did note, though, is 4-4-2 uh, is definitely back in fashion. So obviously we've seen Liverpool deploying the 4-4-2. And in this game, um, you had Stones at right back. You had... Um, Diaz and Ake at centre-back and Cancelo at left-back and then it was a midfield four and you had Alvarez and Haaland up front so yeah 4-4-2 four, four, is uh, back in fashion um, personally I think Dyche brought it back um, in, in all honesty but um, it's much more glamorous when uh, Pep and Klopp do it so yeah 4-4-2 four, four, is back on the menu um, Cancelo and Haaland both went off at half-time um, and we're all a bit concerned about Haaland actually. There's been a video going around with him him limping. I think that's kind of all the updates we've had so we'll wait and see for this weekend to see um, whether or not he'll be involved. But yeah, personally I wouldn't want to bring him out. I think he can still score a hat-trick on, on one leg. So yeah, I won't be bringing him out of my team. Uh, we'll, I'll wait and see on that one. Um, but. Foden, he, he came off after 81 minutes. He didn't start the last game. Um, I think he should still start the weekend's game, hopefully. But Mares, he uh, he had a bit of a nightmare. So I think it's two back-to-back -back penalties he's missed. Um, he didn't take the one when Haaland was on the pitch the other day. Um, but Haaland had already gone off at half-time. Mares won himself the penalty. And it was a rubbish one. Um, so he's surely got to be off penalties now. He's having a really bad time taking those. Um, and actually, I think he's been, Mares has probably been, personally, one of my biggest flops of the season. I've not included, I don't mean I've included him in my teams, but he's one of those players that um, everyone in the sort of dream team community used to say, like, if you if you get Mares in your team, you just stick with him and eventually you'll get the halls. But yeah, he's been terrible so far this season, um, in terms of scoring points, that is. Um, I saw on Twitter... Um, and I can't remember who tweeted it, to be honest. It was someone in the Dream Team community, so I'm, I might flash their uh, flash their handle up on the screen if I if I do remember. But um, he's only got he's only got now 16 points, Mares, in total, um, and 15 of those came against Copenhagen. Um, he did get an eight against Southampton, but 
he's had quite a few minuses for the penalties that he's missed. So, yeah, he's uh, majority of his points have all come from sort of one game. So, really disappointing for Mares, and hopefully he can pick it up after the World Cup. Um, other than that, though, the only notes I really took down was that, yeah, I think Foden should still start at the weekend. He, he did play most of the game, but he, he come off early. Um, Haaland's going to look like a doubt for the weekend. And just keep an eye on Cancelo. Um, saw a few bits saying that he was recovering. Um, but I don't think you'd bother take him out. I wouldn't. He's he's someone you want in your team all the time. A uh, bit disappointing. He only got a 6.9 rating in this game. Um, and another point is that City have got so many defenders coming back now. So it was Stones in this one. He's back. He was in at right back. Which was a bit disappointing for people that have got a Kanji. Because he's filling in at right back. But he did still get on um, as a sub. So Akanji got the clean sheet points too. Diaz, Ake, Cancelo and Stones. But yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be quite hard to pick who's going to be the uh, the best options from City at the back now. Uh, with Laporte fit, Stones, Diaz. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to fit um, fit all of them in and have them play each week. So yeah, bit of a bit of a conundrum at the back for City. But I think it's going to be Diaz or Cancelo that are the two nailed ones. So then Liverpool were away at Ajax and they won three 0 in this game. Um, Harvey Elliott got the star man who he's trolled me this season because. I had him for, I think, the majority of the first part of the season. And then he just started blanking pretty much all the time. And then finally he was completely out of the team. So I thought, that that's that, I'll take him out. And since then, yeah, he's, he scored two two goals back-to-back, -back, I think it is now. And star man in this one as well. Yeah, he, has, he is looking good, so fair play to him. But yeah, it's, it's always a nightmare when you get the timing wrong on these players. But... It is what it is. He got the star man uh, and a goal in this one. And the other goals were scored by Salah and Nunes. Um, and in Salah's goal as well, he took that really confidently. Little sort of, sort of a chip over the keeper from distance, but hit it first time and took it so confidently. Hopefully that is a sign of things to come from Salah, um, getting his confidence back and looking more on form. Um, they, they played with like a 4-4-2 again, or more of a diamond 4-4-2, because they had um, Nunes and Salah up front. But they did still play Firmino and he was kind of just behind them um, in almost like a 10 position. Um, and then they sort of packed the midfield with the others. But um, Robertson, Henderson and Salah got the assists in this game. And I've actually put a note down for Robertson because um, I know a lot of the focus has been on Trent and whether Trent's doing it or whether he's not and how disappointing he's been. But actually since Robertson's come back from injury... Um, I think he's looked quite good, to be fair. He's putting in some really good corners, and he set up um, Darwin Nunes from a corner, uh, put a really good cross in, and it was actually a really good header from Nunes. Um, so Nunes got on the score sheet, and he should have had another one, really. Um, Firmino, Firmino put the ball across, and <laughs> Nunes pretty much had an open goal to score, and he smashed it against the post. Um, yeah, He's one of these players, Nunes, and... I'm starting to come around to him, to be fair. He was one of these players that everyone likes to banter on Twitter and he, he does make some big, big misses and it's quite fun to take Mick out of, to be honest. But he, I think he's going to still score a hat full of goals in this Liverpool side. Um, I've mentioned it before, but he looks like one of these players that he's not the most clinical. He's not going to put away every chance. But by the sheer amount of chances that this Liverpool team are going to create, he is going to score a lot of goals for them. So yeah, I, I'm tipping him as uh, someone I, I might look to get in my team once the new transfers come in. Um, early on though, Ajax actually looked quite dangerous. So I think it was like the first sort of 30 minutes. They looked really good and 
I think they forced Allison into quite a few saves. Um, he got seven rating in this game. Um, but they did hit the post at one point as well quite early on. Uh, I think they were really sort of going for it um, just to just to get qualified, but it's not looking not looking good for Ajax. Liverpool are through. Um, well, actually, no, that's it. Ajax aren't, Ajax aren't through now, um, so they'll be going into the Europa League because um, uh, Napoli have also gone through. Um, but yeah, they were really going for it, trying to get the win, and I think it just left them a bit open in the end, and Liverpool end up punishing them. But yeah, class goal from Salah. He's looking more like his uh, old self, so you might want to might want to look at bringing him in. But it's just one of these ones where he's looking really good in the Champions League and he's not doing it in the Prem. So if we could have two sort of back-to-back -back performances from Salah, I think we'd all feel a bit more confident bringing him back in. But he's looking all right. As I said, Robertson's going to go on my watch list. Um, and yeah, Harvey Elliott, frustratingly good um, for people that took him out or didn't trust him for the whole duration so yeah that's that's it really from the Liverpool game and moving on to the Spurs game which was a controversial one in the end but we'll get on to that so the uh so the star man was a sporting player so we don't need to bother really mentioning that but um the goal was scored from Bentoncourt and the assist was Perisic um and Spurs this was 1-1 in the end and Spurs are on quite a bad patch of form to be honest so that's um two losses and a draw from their last three games um if you got hugo Lloris, it was quite unlucky he got 6.9 rating but their defense and him really weren't convincing so 6.9 rating but i think that's probably due to the amount of saves that he made in the end um i thought he should have done better for the goal that sporting scored and that was an ex um an ex-Spurs player, Edwards, that scored that one from quite far out. Um, he, did, he looked like he had quite a lot of time to see it, but just couldn't get down to it. Um, but yeah, the worrying thing about Spurs is they're just giving up a lot of chances. And, and the main um, the main perk of having sort of Spurs defenders at first was they were just keeping so solid. They were conceding chances, but they, they didn't ever look like conceding goals. But now they they really are leaky. And uh, this game they conceded sort of 10 shots and Sporting had four on target. Um, Spurs were still creating quite a lot. They had 18 shots and seven on target. Um, so quite unlucky not to score more really. But Kane didn't get a rating in this one. So that's a rare blank for him. Um, Son got a, a seven rating. But obviously no goals either way. But I wanted to come on to Perisic actually. Um, so I know this is all in hindsight and it's not going to help you in any way this season really but I was looking at Perisic because he's on um, 31 points at the moment Perisic and he's had five assists now and everyone was tipping him start of the season I think before we knew that he was going to be a midfielder and he's not getting any of the clean sheet points by being in midfield but I was looking at it and I'm thinking 33 points isn't bad for the sort of role he's playing as a midfielder and I thought I'd have a look at and see how many points he potentially could have got if he was down as a defender. And if he got the clean sheet points for the games that he played, so if he was down as a defender, he'd actually be on 61 points possibly now. Um, it could be more, 61 points if you add the clean sheet points on. But he might have got more with the ratings as well. Um, but if we say 61 points, that would put him down as the fourth or, uh, or fifth best defender in the game. So maybe something just to keep an eye on next season. I know he's getting on a bit. Um, but if they do rank him down as a defender, he'd have been a really good asset. I think that would have put him ahead of um, sort of Trent and some of the other ones. So yeah, 
it's quite disappointing, really. Um, I think he would have been really popular if he was down as a defender. Um, five assists as well was a good, good lot of attacking returns, but he's not. So pointless information for you, maybe. But maybe next year he'll be down as a defender, and it will make some difference. Um, but the only other talking point really from this game, because there wasn't much in the way of ratings or points, was obviously the offside. Um, kind of, con yeah, really controversial. It took about four minutes, I think, for them to come up with a VAR decision. Uh, I mean, looking back and hearing the explanation of why it was, it does make sense and it was offside. Don't normally have sympathy for Spurs fans um, as I support Arsenal, but I must admit I was watching that game and when the when the goal went in, I went, oh, jammy Spurs, but they always seem to find a way to win. But I actually felt a little bit sorry for them uh, when that was given given as offside on VAR. So, yeah, it is what it is. And uh, it does feel like it's killing the game a little bit. But the decision was right. It just, it just seemed a bit wrong just to take that last minute goal away from them. But that's the rules. Right, then a, then a bad match day for, for my team, so dropping down to the Europa League here, um, and this was a game that we really wanted to win, Arsenal. Um, we went quite full strength in this game, um, so we had Ramsdale in goal, Saliba, Tomiyasu, Xhaka, Odegaard and Martinelli started this one from our sort of main Premier League side, but there was no Jesus, no Saka and no Ben White. All of those players got subbed on, but didn't really have any any effect on the game to be honest it was a 2-0 loss um, we looked a shambles at the back to be fair so 2-0 loss but actually they scored three goals that were disallowed from offside so the game felt a lot worse than it obviously ended up being but some of the calls were very tight so yeah on another day um, could have been a quite painful one um, I don't think these were really like Arsenal playing an offside trap and catching them out it was just just unlucky from from PSV so yeah disappointing game for Arsenal and this was one that a lot of people criticised while we were playing such a strong lineup. but ideally if we'd have won this game we wouldn't have to play a good team against Zurich in the next leg and then we could be rested for the Chelsea game that follows but now um, it might be a good thing if you've got uh, Arsenal assets but we're going to have to put out a, a good side against Zurich as well um, to make sure we top that group so yeah Poor performance all round, and uh, yeah, no no players from Arsenal scored any points, and the majority of them were minus one or minus two um, in this game. Some big names as well that or popular players that finished up on minuses. So you had Martinelli, Jesus, and Xhaka um, all got yellow cards, so they had minus points. And Granite Xhaka as well, um, yeah, a bit of tomfoolery in this one. So we all we all kind of knew that. Um, if Xhaka got a yellow card in this one, he'd serve his suspension at Zurich, which could have been a uh, a nothing game, but he's then free to play games in the knockout stages. Whereas if he'd uh, got booked in the Zurich game, he'd have missed Arsenal's first knockout game. So potentially he uh, got himself a tactical yellow card in this one, but we might need him for the next game. So it might not work out in the end. But yeah, overall disappointing game for Arsenal and not really anything in the way of points to report. So then on to the other Europa League game. Um, we had Man United versus Sheriff. Um, Christian Eriksen got the star man in this game. Um, he actually got an assist. Um, and Dallow, who's been really... He's not overly popular. Um, it's actually quite quite low ownership. But um, 
he's been doing really well lately and we've been highlighting him. He actually scored a goal in this game. I think it was only his second um, second Man United goal. But he got a goal and 13 points in the end. So he actually got more points than the, uh, the star man because he got the clean sheet points too. But he's looking a really good pick. He's now the uh, fifth best defender on Dream Team. Um, and he's actually featured in every game for Man United so far. So I had a look and he's actually made 16 appearances, which is all of their games. So he's looking like a really good option from Man United. Um, and we highlighted in some other videos, he's by far leading the way in that Man United defence in terms of ratings too. So yeah, he's looking like a good option. So he got a goal um, and Rashford and Ronaldo got the other goals. Rashford was a goal coming, he come on as a sub. Um, and it was actually assisted by Luke Shaw, who also came on as a sub. But um, Rashford's looking fairly good, to be honest. Um, yeah, he's got six goals and three assists in total. This one was a header. Um, but yeah, six goals. That's more than Gabriel Jesus, Darwin Nunes and Son have got this season. So he could be an option going forward. Um, I think Man U's fixtures aren't too bad as well. So yeah, we'll have a look at the Man United fixtures a bit later. I think they've got West Ham as their first game. Um, and then the assists, I said, just come from uh, Ericsson and Luke Shaw. But overall, I think um, the guys that come out looking good from this one really was um, Rashford and Delo. to be honest with you. Um, Martinez came off quite early, so he's going to be rested. Bruno Fernandes, he's chipping in again with the ratings, but he's still not really getting any goals or assists at the moment. So I'm keeping an eye on him because he's looking better. But we do really need him to uh, get goals and assists to make it worth his while with the price that he's coming in at. But Ronaldo got a goal. Um, he started this game. He still missed quite a few chances actually in this one. But yeah, he didn't didn't drop the Sue celebration. It was more of a uh, sorry celebration. He went ran up to the fans and sort of uh, looked looked into <laughs> looked into the uh, the stands. But I was expecting the Sue, but didn't happen. Um, yeah, and Rashford with the goal. That was pretty much it from this game. Oh, last thing as well, Anthony Spin. I think that's the second time I've seen him do it this season. Uh, don't know why it's causing so so much controversy. Um, I think Paul Scholes and Hargreaves were absolutely uh, seething, saying it was a pointless skill and he's ridiculous. But no, he's enjoying himself, and he let him get on with it. Then the last game we're going to look at is the Europa League conference game from West Ham. Uh, they got a 1-0 win in this game. I think I think I heard they've won. They've won all their games now, so maximum points from the uh, Europa League conference. So 1-0 win. Um, Lanzini scored a penalty. Um, and he had, I think Antonio won the penalty, which was kind of strange. He looked like he was going to run it out of play and the keeper just took him out. Um, that was a strange one. So Antonio got the two points because you, uh, you kind of get the assist points if you win a penalty. Um, ben Rama though he's he's actually doing all right. He's got three goals and two assists so far, um, so he's been doing fairly good lately. But um, one thing to note though that was um, Bowen was not in the squad at all, um, and I just had a little look on Twitter and said that um, they think he's got an ankle injury at the moment. So I'm not sure how serious that one is. Um, but if he is out, that's kind of like a an extra winger slot that's might be freed up so unless they go two up front which I don't expect them to do um, with Antonio and Skamaka um, I think Ben Rama should probably be a bit more now I know he normally plays on the other side but I think Ben Rama's maybe a fairly good option the only thing I would say about West Ham is that um, well they're, they're already through they've won their group I don't know what sort of team they're going to put out in the uh, the next round so 
yeah, I don't think there might there'll be many points to go around in that conference game. Um, it's quite a strange one actually looking at the points on this. So uh, one nil win, but actually no no players in that West Ham team got a seven rating um, according to who scored, but. They do have some questionable ratings on the Europa League conference. I think some guy just wings it and it's not it's actually not actually tracked the same way. The only other things I took note from this game though is that um Skamaka, uh, he got booking, so that's a minus one if you've got him in your team. Um and then their new um defender that hasn't really played much because he got injured, um Aguerd, his name is. Um so he's a two point five million um defender, so he could be one to watch if they bring him sort of into the fold more often um, and he had obviously clean sheet points for Kufal, Palmieri so yeah pretty much it from that West Ham game then just moving on to some of my team updates so um, this is my mini league side um, I've got this one in with a group of friends but it's also in the Dream Team Tonic podcast league um, so if you haven't listened to their podcast before you can get them on YouTube or Spotify great um, group of lads and got a great community going on as well there um, so yeah go over to them and give them a follow watch their stuff um, game week points we've got 46 this week but if you watch the last video that's actually only three points better off than the uh, from the weekend so Europa League and Champions League games didn't really benefit me very well so um, we had Hugo Lloris in goal he got a minus one um, Cucurella's on naught for the week. Saliba's on minus one for the week. Gomez, who's been a terrible transfer in, he didn't play because he was suspended, but he didn't play the uh, weekend game either. Cancelo got the clean sheet points. That was about it for this uh, round of European fixtures. De Bruyne, nothing midweek. Saka, nothing midweek. Almiron and, and Buemo, they obviously don't play European football. Kane blanked and Han blanked, so a really poor showing um, from the uh, from the European fixtures. So Cancelo was the only one that got me any points in this one, um, and Saliba got me some minus ones, I think. So not good at all. But total points is six hundred and seventy-four, um, and overall I was thirty-four k, um, which is pretty bad last weekend. Well, that's dropped to forty-six k now, um, with no transfers remaining. So yeah, we're sliding the wrong way. Um, poor showing from the European players, but yeah, we have to we have to get on with it and carry on, um, push through to the uh, next round of next round of transfers. Um, it's not looking too bad actually when I look at the next fixtures though for these players. So Hugo Lloris has got Bournemouth next. Um, Cucurella has got Brighton. Saliba's got Nottingham Forest. Gomez has got Leicester, but I don't know if he's going to get anything anymore. It <laughs> doesn't feel like he's ever going to get a game. Uh, but he's got Leicester. Cancelo's got Leicester. De Bruyne's got Leicester. Saka's got Forest. And Buemo's got Wolves. And Almiron's got Villa. So two good good fixtures for the uh, the Brentford and Newcastle players that I've got. Harry Kane, Bournemouth, he's got to be scoring in that game, surely. Um, and Haaland, if... Whether or not he plays, that's a mystery. Um, one thing I'll, I'll move on, I'm going to mention it later, but actually Hugo Lloris or maybe Spurs defenders might be a good option because um, I think Bournemouth have got Solanke out potentially, who's been one of their biggest threats up front. So hopefully he can uh, keep a clean sheet in that game. But yeah, I'll move on from this mini league side. Then on to my top team um, at the moment. So the Chelsea train um, has 
gone to the top now for me. Um, so this one got 54, uh, sorry, 55 points for the game week and 689 overall. Um, let's move this team up to 29k. So this is my top team at the minute. Um, still 29k isn't isn't where I want to be, but um, I think now it's going to be just pushing on to the World Cup, get the wild card and try and make some better decisions from there and build on. I've not really set a goal now for where I think could be achievable from where I am at the moment. Um, but that's something we'll we'll go again at, at the World Cup wild card and come up with a plan for going forward. Uh, but in this team, so Kepper in goal, um, Silva, Chalabar, Cucurella and Azpilicueta. So Chalabar and Silva got points in their um, in their Champions League game and Kepper actually got a rating too, which was good. Nothing from Cucurella or Azpilicueta. Um, and Buemo I've got again, nothing. Paqueta's injured. De Bruyne didn't really feature. Haaland, no points. But then up front, I've got Salah and Nunes, who pretty much saved my game week for this one. So 10 points from Salah and 8 points from Nunes in total that game week. So not too bad. And they've got some good fixtures. Right, now I'm going to drop a little bit of a game week 12 uh, preview. So we're just going to look at which teams have got the best fixtures and who might be the best players to target from those fixtures. Um, so we're going to start at Man City. Um, so they've got Leicester away and Sevilla at home. Um, Haaland's an injury doubt. Um, but I think the best people to probably focus on would potentially be Foden, Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva. Uh, Bernardo Silva I mentioned in the last episode, but he's actually chipping along okay. Um, and he's a bit cheaper than some of the other midfielders. I'm not sure what they'll do if Haaland is out, whether or not they'll trust Alvarez, or whether they might go back to their old um, sort of false nine formation could be quite interesting. If they do that, then... Foden, KDB and Bernardo are all players that have sort of played that false nine for, uh, for Man City. So could, they could be options for this game, but it would be... Mm, it's not just the short term though, I guess, because they 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 are going to feature going forward too. But the defence though, I've said, it's kind of too tough to call for me at the minute. Um, Diaz and Cancelo are obviously the best options because they're the most nailed in this um, Man City lineup, But... Yeah, if you're looking below that, Akanji was looking really good, um, and probably still is, but now you've got Stones who can come into that position. I'm not sure what the latest on Walker is, but you've got Laporte who's fit as well, and Ake as well that can also play centre-back. So there's a lot of options there, and Gomez who I've got, maybe one day he'll get a game. But for me, Foden, KDB and Bernardo are the best options. Then you've got Liverpool, so their two games are going to be Leeds at home and Napoli at home. So two home games. Um, the only thing I would say is that Leeds fixture looks really good, but that Napoli home fixture, Napoli have looked really good so far. Um, but I'm not sure what the standing is in terms of their their Champions League group. So I just would have a look at that first. Yeah, I think Napoli have pretty much got that group wrapped up, to be fair. They're, they're three points ahead. Um, and they've got seven goal, uh, seven goal advantage when it comes to goal difference. So, yeah, that that Napoli game, I'm not sure whether it will be a little bit of potentially a dead rubber. We'll wait and see. But yeah, I don't think um, Liverpool will be expecting to get a seven goal swing in that game. But that Leeds game definitely, Mo Salah's looking looking good, and hopefully he can just replicate it in the Premier League. Um, and I've highlighted Robertson in, in the last uh, few slides, Darwin Nunes, and if you're looking for a budget option. Um, don't let my pain from Elliot put you off. He's a good option still and he's very cheap. Um, and I have to probably 
suck it up and think I've got it wrong but he could be an option for me to bring back I shouldn't hold a grudge then Arsenal they've got Forest at home and Zurich at home this was, um, it was obviously looking like a good game in the um, in the Premier League Forest at home obviously Forest were good in the last game against Liverpool but I think home and away games are a completely different scenario really but the Zurich game was probably going to be a bit of a dead rubber but actually now there's going to be all to play for in this one um I've highlighted Saka, Jesus and White as the players that I would target. Um, Martinelli, is, I think he's starting to look a bit tired at the minute. Um, he's not really been at it so much in the last few games. Um, and he's actually got no points in his last five appearances now. Um, so I wouldn't actually look to bring him in personally. Um, still a good option, but if you are bringing him in, it's off the back of a little bit of not bad form, but he hasn't he hasn't been firing like he was at the start. Um and I just think Gabriel Jesus needs a goal at the minute. There's a lot of talk now that he's not he's not scoring like he was at the start or assisting. So I think he's going to be really eager to try and get a goal in this game. Um, and he might even feature in that Zurich game at some point if it is must win. So yeah, I think Saka, Jesus and Ben White for me. Ben White only came on for a little while in the last game. So he's, he's going to start definitely. Right, then Chelsea. So they've got... I think they've got some good fixtures, actually. Um, so Chelsea, they've got Brighton away and Zagreb at home. Um, and I'm highlighting Kepper again. He's just great value for money. But Chalabar, I think he's looking one of the best defenders in that team. Um, he's quite cheap, but he's, he's he's seeming quite nailed, to be honest. I think um, Potter's really liking working with him. Um, he does he does seem to get these young players playing quite well. So Chalabar, he's up there for me. Um Mason Mount was rested midweek. I think he'll get a good go at um, Brighton, and he's obviously quite dangerous. And then I've just highlighted Jorginho as a slightly cheaper option. I do kind of like him in Dream Team, uh, just because of the penalty aspect of things. Um, they are quite an attacking side still, Chelsea. Um, and if they are winning pens, Jorginho always steps up and he always takes them. So I think he was just on, he might have gone up now. It's Friday morning, and I was recording while the uh, the price changes happen. Um, but he was under 3 million. Um, I can probably just check it actually while we're here. Um, Jorginho. It's still under 3 million. 2.8. Yeah, 2.8 million. So not bad for someone that does start regularly and takes the penalties. Obviously, he's not um, that much of an attacking player in general. Right, so the people that are just, uh, the teams that I just highlighted before, I think I think Liverpool, City, Arsenal, and Chelsea have got probably the best fixtures, in my opinion. Um, and then. After that, I'd say it's probably going to be Spurs. Um, obviously, these fixtures would normally look good, but just the way they've been playing lately, I've, I've got a few question marks. But Bournemouth away, Spurs have got to be winning that game, surely. Um, Kane and Son, though, really, they're not, they haven't got many attacking assets other than Kane and Son um, Spurs at the moment. You've got Kulisevsky and Richarlison are both injured. So Kane and Son are the obvious picks here. Um for me, I've got Kane in majority of my sides. I just think he's, uh, yeah, pretty much undroppable on Dream Team. Um, but in terms of defence, I mentioned it earlier. I think defence might be okay um, for the Bournemouth game. That is just because Solanke's injured and they might struggle there. Um, obviously, it's quite hard to pick which wing backs are going to play. But I think Doherty's probably looking like the best option. Um, Emerson Royale was a bit of a laughing stock in that last game. Don't know if you saw his no look pass that he put out to play, but um, yeah, he's he's coming away with sort of a highlight reel of blunders every game at the minute. Emerson Royale, so 
whether or not Conte's paying much attention to those, I'm not sure. Um, but I think Doherty's looking like the best option for me in defence. Um, and potentially Hugo Lloris, I'm not happy with having him in my side at the minute, but I wouldn't be looking to take him out ahead of these two fixtures. So Bournemouth away and Marseille away. Uh, so two away games, but that Marseille game is pretty much a must-win, I think, for Spurs. Their group is really tight. People on similar amount of points, and I think everyone's still got a chance to to qualify. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a must-win. Then I feel a bit harsh. So we're going to go to Manu, but I feel a bit harsh um, putting them so far down the list because they are playing well at the moment. But I think West Ham at home it's quite a tough game, um, and then they've got Sociedad away, and Sociedad beat them in the in the last fixture. So I think this is going to be two tough games. And I think the game against Sociedad is going to be pretty much a decider of uh, of who qualifies top. So I think that's going to be a must-win game and quite a tough one. Um, but the only people that I'm going to highlight from this one is um, Delo, obviously, who we mentioned before in defence. He's starting every game um, and looking like the best pick from their defenders. Um, and Marcus Rashford, he's really stepped it up as well lately. So I think those two are the the best two picks from Man United. Um, as I said, Bruno's looking okay, but he's not scoring or getting assists at the moment. Um, Ericsson's a cheap option. Who's He seems like um, Casemiro and Ericsson seem to be like quite his favoured partnership at the moment. So could be worth it, but he does play a lot deeper than what he used to. Um, but that's pretty much, I'm going to just stick with Dallow and Rashford as the best options from Man United. And I've put West Ham at the bottom of the pile. Um, they're not looking bad at all, but if Bowen's out, that's that's a bit frustrating. They've got Paqueta that we're not sure whether he's back or not yet. Um, so they're getting a few big injuries at the moment. Um, and Man United away is going to be a tough game. And then that Stalbuk-Arrest game away, I think that's going to be a dead game as well because West Ham have qualified and I think they're guaranteed top as well. So that Stalbuk-Arrest game is going to be a bit of a dead game. They'll probably rotate quite heavily for that one. So for me... I'm not going to target any West Ham players in particular. But if you have got them already, it's probably not worth taking them out unless it's an injury. And then just outside of Europe, I had I had a look at some of the other games that are taking place sort of outside of the main European sides. But to be honest, the only one that really appeals to me is Newcastle. Um, they're at home to Villa. Obviously, Villa did look good. Now they've binned off Gerrard. Um, but... I still think Newcastle, they're, they're pushing up there. I think they're, they're fourth at the minute. Um, and they're looking really good. Um, so I think, for me, Newcastle will be the best option outside of European teams. And then for me, it's going to be Almiron, Trippier or Fabian Scher. I think they're the best options from Newcastle, hands down. Um, but outside outside of Europe, Brentford Wolves, not really anything appealing. Crystal Palace, Southampton, it's hard to pick. Fulham Everton, I mean, you've got Mitrovic who's looking good and you've got a couple Everton players who are looking all right in um, Awobi, Anthony Gordon, you've got Calvert-Lewin back, but they're not not really anyone that I'm going to pick unless I'm really trying to find someone that fits a certain price point. So for me, just I'd go for Newcastle players if you're not, not going to get someone in, that's playing in Europe. Right, that wraps up this episode of the Dream Team Professor podcast. Um, if you've liked the video, please do uh, drop a like on YouTube and subscribe to the channel if you want some more regular updates. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, um, please follow us on there. And I also wanted to ask um, if you had any feedback. I've only been doing this for a month, so please do drop any feedback in the uh, comments on YouTube. Or you can drop us a message as well on Twitter. Um, I'm at Dream Team Prof on there. Um, 
yeah, glad to hear any feedback and how I could make the podcast or videos a little bit better or if there's anything you'd like to see featured that I'm not currently covering. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed watching and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.